Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns, the podcast where you only review You Only Live Twice, twice, and we'll get into the reasons for that soon. Uh, But let's start off by saying that I am Calvin, uh, and with me, as always, are Alan. Hello. And Saul. I'm I'm actually quite surprised. Uh, I always envision this as part two of a trilogy of episodes looking at You Only Look Twice. <laughs> Thank you, Calvin, for joining us as our special guest this week. Oh, that's uh, funny. But you're not the only one. We've got two special guests this week. Oh. It's been a long time coming, this, but um, I'm really excited to announce we are also joined this week by the one, the only, Japanese Bond. All right, large. Oh, hello there. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's quite alright. Uh, I've been sending these lads so many fucking texts just non-stop like when you're gonna do you only live twice again. <laughs> and we said we we don't do the films twice. It's just a Well that's thing. exactly I said it's it's not something we do. Uh but then Patreon conspired against us. We we uh this is our two hundred and fiftieth episode of this show, which is quite uh remarkable. That means we've been going for nearly five years nearly can i just throw something out there if you if you're listening to this and you've never listened to this podcast before you're just popping in this one as the first episode don't yeah this isn't the week to do that yeah this please is... don't this is not the one to do that go back <laughs> go back move to something else this is for fans. this is this is like a massive callback episode <laughs> it's not gonna make any sense but thank you for coming anyway exactly we're gonna be we're gonna be joking about stamping on mice <laughs> Without any context, I, I might improvise an episode of Frasier. Oh, Cubby, Cubby Broccoli's gonna turn up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we started our Patreon account for the for the real fans um, a couple of years back. Japanese Bond, you've been you've been kind enough to kind of oversee that and manage it for us. Oh, hey, hey, yeah, no problem, large. It's quite nice that you're here, Japanese Bond, because I believe that uh, the first time we met was during the first record of You and Live Twice. Yeah, yeah, well, we, we met a whole load of people, didn't we, Japanese Bond? Aye! <laughs> well, you, you met me whole family. I, I, I don't know if uh, you want me to get any of them to pop in on there. Uh, no. we're, we're doing this over Zoom, no. so no, it's no, quite no, easy no, if, right. no. if you want Japanese Michael J. Fox or... Uh... <laughs> Duck on the head, James Bond. Any of those classic characters from last time down to pop in? I don't, I don't remember any of these classic. I, mean, I must characters. say, I'm, I'm really hoping Asthmatic Bond makes an appearance this week. I think he's my favourite character we've ever had on the show. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk about Bond, um, and particularly going back to such a classic one after uh, all this time. Like now, you guys have a lot of, well, particularly Sol has a lot of context. Uh, like with been through the Roger Moore yeah. films, the Pierce Brosnan ones, and now we're coming back to some classic Sean Connery. How how are we feeling about that? <laughs> well, I'm I'm feeling pretty positive, lads. If I'm honest, I think it's great. Mm. Japanese Bond is born in You Only Love Twice, but first of all, we do have to recognise that we're doing this film again. We have done this. We've reviewed this film before. The reason we're doing it again is because we asked our patrons. Our Patreon supporters, uh, what film would you like us to do again? <laughs> because we, you know, in those early days, we were still finding our feet. We're like, okay, well, do you know, do you want us to do another one again? And they then Sol put them through a tortuous process of voting. It <laughs> lasted about seven months. Yeah. And then in the end, they picked a Bond film. What a surprise! Every film we've covered over our first two hundred episodes was 
put head to head in a kind of series of polls. I just want to absolve myself of guilt. Yeah, I didn't know what he was doing. I just left it to it. Left him to it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it ultimately it came down to uh, three films. Uh, care to care to take a stab at the two that nearly made it? Doctor No and From Russia with Love. <laughs> no. No, I very cleverly put all the Bond episodes in one <laughs> round together to whittle <laughs> them out <laughs> so we'd only have one to worry about. Oh, okay. And You Only yeah. Live Twice was the one? It was. It was It was between Doctor No and You Only Live Twice. Uh, huh? but you Only Live Twice won by quite a substantial whack. Hmm. Uh, and I, I, I think it's because it's a, uh, a fan favourite episode of ours. It is, of course, as we say, when we were first introduced to you, Japanese Bond. And... Many other members of your extended family. <laughs> French Bond. No. Count Dracula Bond. <laughs> I think there might have been a Shrek Bond who got uh, <laughs> cut from the episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we, we accidentally blew up the studio as well because Blofeld's cat dropped some nitroglycerin <laughs> or something. <laughs> It was it was quite a, a giddy episode, and so I I, I kind of get it. That, that's you know they obviously went for it because of that rather than the film itself. Uh, but it was up against in the finals Jurassic Park, which I think mm-hmm. makes sense. It was up against Jurassic Park. Yeah. Jurassic Park got the least number of votes out mm-hmm. of all of the options. Okay. Uh, in second place was The Big Short, oh. which we covered. Mm. We covered in one of our Oscars episode as a little like addendum after we spoke about Vice, which was up for Best Picture. We also covered The Big Short very briefly. What so, a I weird trio! Want... I know films. it's really odd, isn't it? Jurassic Park, I kind of understand. It's a beloved classic. Uh, all three of us think very highly of it. So maybe the listeners were like, "Oh yeah, that's it's so rare when they all <laughs> like something." <laughs> But no, you you only live twice. Had five times as many votes as The Big Short. Hmm. Well, okay. So here we are. We're doing You Only Live Twice again. Before we go into the film, though, I uh, as part of our kind of celebrating the retrospective look at our show here, I've dug up our old chat log <laughs> from <laughs> five years ago when we were setting oh, the show up. And I found some messages pertaining to us trying to figure out the name of the show, and I thought that would be <laughs> of interest. Because we went through a lot of names, and I didn't remember any of them. Hmm. Okay. So we we actually started this show launched on the sixth of June, two thousand sixteen. But our oh, little three way chat was started on the 29th of December, two thousand and fifteen. So mm. we were working on it for about six months before we we launched, which is. Mm. Remarkable to say that, um, I mean, it wasn't that good. (laughs) (laughs) Say it basically came down to the three of us going to your house and recording around a single microphone. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just going to read out the first little bit here. where There's several points in the chat that I've copied out here where we were trying to figure out the name. I'll I'll drop them in throughout the episode. And are you going to do impressions of us while you're reading it? Yes, of course. (laughs) In fact, can Japanese Bond... Hey, would you mind? Uh, would you mind enlisting the help of Calvin Bond, who was one of the <laughs> one of the characters who came in <laughs> to read this out with me? Hey, hey, and I'll I'll get my pal Alan Bond as well. <laughs> oh, great, excellent. All right, here we go. Uh, so we've been talking about what to call it, Alan. First thing that came to mind was what's next. 
which made sense in terms of the sequel thing. So you're what's suggesting next? the show's the show's like called it. What's Next, yeah. I quite like that. And also, you could say at the end of each episode, so what's next? And then <laughs> we say what we're doing next week. That's a good... On the negative side, it's pretty bland and doesn't suggest what it's <laughs> to do with films. That's good. I agree with all of that. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty good, actually. Do you know what? Someone someone sent me a, a picture the other day of a podcast, you know. It was like, um, they'd screenshotted a podcast they'd found. And it was called Sequel Pitch. And they <laughs> review a film and then pitch a sequel to it. Which must be a new podcast, because it hasn't ever come up on my searches. But I was thinking, Very interesting. it's a bit of a crap title. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we have so many, so many titles they could have gone with here. <laughs> right, Alan, you continue. Oh, yeah. The other one I got was, this time it's personal. Not oh, sure yeah. enough people would get it, though. How subtle do we want to be? <laughs> That's too wordy, isn't it? I think it's too wordy. Though. It, yeah, it's too specific. Mm. Too feels too specific. I reply, let's call it podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> like we're some hip, happening podcasts. <laughs> to- to- totally irrelevant. To the- and then joke. people will find it by mistake when they misspell podcasts on the search. <laughs> <laughs> a, a viable, uh, <laughs> actually, a viable way of getting listeners. For the record, I think this was before Adam Buxton had started using the word, the phrase podcasts. Oh, was he? Uh, then I say, or more seriously, something like franchise zombies. Oh, I was always trying to get zombies in everything, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Alan says, Barrel of podcasts. <laughs> to which I reply, nailed it. <laughs> the right barrel of podcasts. Franchise zombies works really well, actually, but I am wary of the zombie backlash that's on its way. Zombies oh, yeah. are hot right now, so pretty soon everyone will be sick of them. And then we're stuck with the name. <laughs> Did I nail that or what? Come on. Yeah, very good. <laughs> then the next day... 1st of January, this is actually, so this is several days later. 1st of January, 2016. Unprovoked message from Calvin Dyson. <laughs> unprovoked. <laughs> unsolicited. Yeah, unsolicited. <laughs> Calvin says, Barrel of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How early on New Year's Day was this? I was just wondering if he was even uh, one, aware one of what 151. 1.51am. Oh dear! <laughs> on New Year's New Year's night. Yeah. God, where was I that New Year's? <laughs> a minute later, Calvin follows up. Sorry, that wasn't for you. <laughs> so the message was barrel of podcasts, uh, barrel of podcast, and then a minute later, Calvin follows up, barrel of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> then he says, "That get my vote." <laughs> And then, and then this is the last message for now. Uh, he says, "The logo can be a barrel with cat versions of us in it." <laughs> so there we go. That's that's the the ongoing saga of the name of this podcast, which I'm going to be recounting throughout this episode. We we have some big Patreon news to get through this episode as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But I guess we should dive into the film. Let's do some film well, stuff. Come on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, shall we shall we uh, start at the very beginning? A very good place to start with the pre-title sequence, mm. uh, where we see a space. spaceship. Yes, for the first time in Bond, we <laughs> see space. Uh, space uh, ships, I guess you would call them, are being yeah. stolen out of space. Mm. And uh, that's bad. 
And so, yeah. who do you call when shit's going down? James Bond. There you go. <laughs> that wasn't a difficult quiz. I thought you'd get there soon. Um, <laughs> we meet James Bond. Uh, he's with a lady, and yeah, he's necking yeah. with her. Oh my god, James Bond's dead! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Now, I can't remember how nitpicky we got with this the first time around, because this has always been a bit of a puzzling uh, sequence, because they they have this kind of elaborate setup where the guys running with machine guns and they've got this bed that flop, flies up into the wall and stuff, so they, they're very much making a show of killing him, even though no one is there to witness it. And then when the police do eventually turn up, they want, like, someone takes his pulse and says, well, he's dead. So... Who's in on this and who isn't? Like, does the poli- is the policeman giving a false reading for the benefit of the other policeman? Is the were the people coming in with machine guns in on it? The policeman's in it now. The the mach- the gunmen are real because they right. <coughs> the lady is real, but the Bond people have got a- gone ahead of time, put a put a nice solid lead sheet under the bed or whatever, so <laughs> the bullets won't go through. <laughs> He's got a blood capsule secreted up his anus and they come in they shoot they run off they tell the boss he's dead like job done nice one and then the police have to do a good show of it because there's going to be people milling around they've got to wheel him into an ambulance that you know they're going to have to make it look like they've taken him to a hospital or whatever you know there's there's certain things you got to do so they the police are in on it because they're the ones who are going to do the old switcheroo or whatever they're going to do hmm but maybe not maybe Everyone thinks it's real. He took a drug that lowered his heart rate. They take him to the hospital. They put him in the morgue. Then they, uh, the British, I don't know, Navy, I guess he is. Uh, they turn up and go, yeah, we want his body. Put him in a sack. That'll be great. Uh, and then they go off. And at no point uh, is he ever actually revealed to anyone. <laughs> well, it is a bit of a, like, it doesn't accomplish much when it comes to the the, the story, um, and, and particularly like later on, they they have to make him look Japanese to fit in and disguise himself and all that kind of stuff. So he's not only has he faked his own death, he's going under this very elaborate disguise route. Um, and I'm not sure it really does much. There is a point later on in the film where it's revealed and it's like, oh, he's alive. And yeah, the whole actual death thing is a bit meaningless, but it's just to do a bit of action in it. It's something a bit different. Was this the first time they did a fake death, or have they done it a lot already? No, no, no. no, no. They were... It was the third. There's a death. There's a fake out death at the start from from Russia with Love, I think. Oh yeah, when they kill his, they kill a, a man with a James Bond mask on. Yeah. Yeah, and in Thunderball, there's a coffin with the initials JB on it. So this this was um, Harry Saltzman, as far as I can tell. He, uh, Cubby Broccoli's producing partner, who has not become a recurring character on this podcast for some reason. Um... Well, ding dong! <laughs> <laughs> hey! Oh! Oh, Cubby. Hey! It's me, Cubby! Cubby, can we Cubby call you Cubby? Is that too formal? Hey, no, we're all pals here! What's, what's Cubby Broccoli's real name, Calvin? Albert. Because I think he won't know. Albert (laughs) Albert Cubby Broccoli Albert R. Cubby Broccoli Cubby is not short for Albert What's that about? Uh, Cubby came from uh, Something, I've heard this somewhere Some some kind of pet nickname from his childhood I think Cuthbert? Mm. Cupboard? Because he he was always in a cupboard (laughs) He always kept his broccoli in the cupboard Mm. Mm. (laughs) Well, he was part of the family Who did bring broccoli to America We've resented it ever since. <laughs> cubby, Cubby, what, why are you here? I brought my pal Harry Saltzman. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, God. <laughs> Is Sol going to do a tour de force here, or are we expected to jump in? <laughs> what do you mean I'm fucking funny? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Harry Pesci. <laughs> trying, trying to spin a lot of plates here. Uh, Cubby. Well, th- thanks for stopping by, Cubby and Harry. Um, if you want to take a seat, Japanese Bond will, will sort you out with some drinks there. All right, Laj. Uh, would you like some shaki? <laughs> I'm afraid it's at 97.7 degrees oh, Fahrenheit. Christ, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to warm it up a bit, but uh, I'm having a bit, of, a bit of trouble. It's quite cold today. <laughs> I'm just gonna close the door so he can't hear him in the other room. Oh, we'll get, well. get him if we need him again. There we go. What about that joke when they find uh, Bond is dead? Bond's not dead. And then the policeman goes, "Well." least at least he died on the job which <laughs> it was like because he's on the job as a spy but on the job means having sex like that's a well-known thing and it's not really a euphemism it's just a it's just it's not an innuendo it's just a euphemism but i don't know about you when i hear that i think oh he died like elvis having on a, the toilet yeah on the having job. A shit. <laughs> yeah well he probably did that in the moment taking a big jobby has there ever been a toilet in a james bond film Ooh. Oh, um, there is going to be one coming up in Casino Royale. There's a fight sequence ooh, in ooh, a. Beth- ooh, I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. Oh, black and white flashback to Bond's first kill. Mm. He smashes someone's face into a urinal. Yes. There you go. Well, we haven't gotten to that yet, Alan. I got it. Uh, well, you did. I'm- Calvin, be impressed with my Bond knowledge, for fuck's well, sake. Well, I mean, I, I, was, I was literally in the middle of describing that same scene. But... That's why I shouted, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> we know that you know, but now I know, and that's impressive. <laughs> no, that is, that is quite impressive, I must admit. What, what isn't impressive, it becomes clear, is that uh, Connery clearly does not give a crap uh, about <laughs> acting convincingly in this film. Hey! You don't give a crap, you wanker. <laughs> oh, oh no. I, d- I didn't realize you could hear us through the door. I don't know about that. Um, I must say, just watching this cold, I don't think particularly oh, Connery's phoning it in or anything like that. Oh, I-, I think it's very noticeable, uh, particularly in these scenes with them and Moneypenny. I, guess, I, haven't, I haven't seen any other ones recently, I suppose, to compare, but... I don't know what Sean Connery looks like when he's trying. We've, 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 we've seen another six Bond films where he's trying. Was I he, know, but this is kind of what he's like in everything I've seen him in, including Murder on the Orient Express, including Dragonheart. <laughs> well, all right, then it, I guess it's not a problem for you, which is uh, good, I suppose, if you're not put off by it. He's having fun with his his crappy little quips. His, I have a first in Oriental languages at Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, which? Japanese bar, no, I was just... Don't, yeah. not taking the piss out of the way. Yeah, no, I didn't like that, I didn't like that. We know from a future Bond film that this is either a, a continuity error or just a downright lie from Mr. Bond. And can you remember which film it is that Bond is confronted with a Mandarin keyboard? Surely surely that's a continuity uh, error Goldeneye. on the part of Goldeneye or The World Is Not Enough, whichever one of those it was. No, it was the, the other one. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies. There Sorry, we no. go. But surely that's a continuity error on the part of that film with it being the future film. Well, or or is Bond lying here? Uh, He's just trying to press money, Penny. Tomorrow never lies. (laughs) So that means this is a lie. You're right. (laughs) Lie another day in about 35 years. Can we just accept that James Bond is 
I mean, he is a spy. It kind <laughs> of comes with, the, comes with the territory, doesn't it? Cold-blooded killer. So back to back to James Bond. Oh, he's alive! It turns out uh, mm. he was actually pretending to be dead the whole time, and yep. he's actually got his uh, full full uniform with an oxygen tank inside this little uh, package he's in. He gets pulled onto a submarine, and M is there. Mm. He's faked his and death. And some semen. Yeah, lo- lots of semen. But... And surrounded by semen. As always. <laughs> aboard the submarine. <laughs> they faked his death so that he is no longer totally obvious that everyone knows he's James Bond the spy. Mm-hmm. But then, as you say, Kelvin, then he just goes back out in the world and goes, hello, I'm James Bond, I'm a spy. Can I shag you? Yes. Uh, he's wearing his uniform and he has uh, his medals on. Or, you know, the, the ribbons of the medals or whatever they call them. Um, and I was curious, is there an official kind of line as to what medals Bond has? What, what's his honours? Well, that's a good question, because there will be. He's obviously a commander. Uh, I, d- I don't know the exact... but the, it... best, best kiss of the year, MTV Movie Awards, <laughs> 1999. <laughs> is that with Catherine Zeta-Jones in Entrapment? <laughs> <laughs> that could be an actual thing, you know. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. I, it wouldn't surprise me if Fleming probably uh, did put it down somewhere. Um, and I'm guessing that the things on his uniform in this film probably indicate something, but I well, don't that's actually the, know what. That's, that's the sort of thing that like military nerd, military history nerds are like totally mental about. So someone will know mm. just by looking at it. Oh, yeah. It, one of them will be like something he's completely like ineligible for, or, like, you know, fighting in the Boer War or something. <laughs> you did that, you cheeky shape. <laughs> it's just a completely random assortment of coloured ribbons. The Jacobite Rebellion medal. <laughs> I you did that too. <laughs> so I noticed that when he goes into the submarine and the, it goes to Money Penny's little vestibule and then he goes into M's office, the decorations that are up in Money Penny's thing, not an office, mm. I guess, it. There's just some framed like drawings of flowers on the wall, mm. and I just thought like someone's had to make that decision. Like, what would Money Penny bring? She- Money Penny's got the call. We need to get on the submarine now. Just bring a bag. <laughs> and sh- did they- did she bring them, or did someone provide them for? Her? Were they on the submarine already? They're clearly the picture in the frame when you buy the frame <laughs> that they haven't removed. <laughs> I think it might be. One of those things, you know, when you get a lot of semen about, and and they they just got God. a bit of t- bit of time on their hands. They they take up some like, art or craft, and I think one of them was a he was you know he's he's sketching flowers, smitten with money penny, and then well yeah, and then a woman's on board all of a sudden, and everyone's like, mm. oh a woman. So um, he could so he, he can't give her any flowers, but he every day he's like, well I couldn't give you any flowers, so I <laughs> I drew the prettiest one I could think of for the prettiest flower on board, so the prettiest flower could have the prettiest flower. Because you're a lady, I thought you'd like flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking loser. <laughs> hey, look, at least he had the courage to go up and actually speak to her. It's more than you. Yeah, did. but you didn't ask her out or anything. Like Bond He's working would, up to it. Wanted. Yeah, but Bond's an arrogant tosser, isn't he? That's the trouble. Because there's all this semen there, and Bond turns up with his swagger, and Moneypenny's like wetting her chair and then and then <laughs> now seaman seaman bates or whatever his name is has to come up and i was like oh got you seaman stains got you another flower 
I like the idea that Money Penny is a kind of amateur artist herself, like um, like Pam in The Office, uh, UK and American, respectively. When they, they give the receptionist the personality, they're like, uh, guess she likes drawing a bit, maybe. <laughs> well, she does like flowers. It is a recurring thing. Even in her office in London, you do see there are often pictures of flowers, illustrations. I did also notice in M's office, there's a lot of gear in there. Like he's obviously come prepared. He's got um, a library. Yeah, whole library there. Lots of paintings up on the wall. Model ships. A pipe rack. A man who needs <laughs> a pipe rack because one pipe is not enough. And uh, a bust of Winston Churchill, I noticed as well. Mm. So, he must be a fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, a fine collection there. I, I was just curious like, whose responsibility it is to sort all that out. Does it happen before he gets there or does he get there and he's like, look, these are the things I need. He's also got, like, a fireplace. There's, like, a proper mantle. <laughs> and I, I don't know where the smoke goes. I'm not sure that's really safe, but okay. He insists, he absolutely insists, like, no, seriously, Mr. M, it's not, it's not safe. We, we can't have it. Look, who's in charge? Are you, are you called M? Is your name M? No, not. My name is M. They write it on my back. <laughs> oh, no. Peter Laurie Bond, it's a new character. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> He's got a first in Oriental languages at Cambridge. Ooh, mm. Cambridge. Not Oxford, because mm. that's a complete dump. <laughs> oh, right. So he goes to Japan. Yes. Bond in Japan. And... Right, Japanese Bond, do you want to come back in? We're at, the, we're at Japan now. He's, right, yeah. We're in Japan, but Japanese Bond isn't going to be around for about an hour. <laughs> All right, she All right. <laughs> well, he could, we'll he call could, you back in a minute. He right? could advise us on some Japanese culture, I'm sure he knows what he's talking right, about. Do you want to come back? Japanese Bond, do you want to come back in? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's... Sorry, he's, he's, mm. he's, no, he's gone. Well, I'll tell you something. That <laughs> one of the few things I know about Japanese culture is sumo wrestling, because I've been watching a lot of that recently. Why, super duper sumos! Oh, he's come, yeah, he's come back in. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been watching a lot of sumo recently. I, I'm, I'm into my sumo. <laughs> Such an old man. <laughs> no, Are you actually? I'm, I'm wondering if this is going somewhere, if this is like a joke or if no, you're no, actually... No, I, I, watched, I like a bit of sumo. It's good. So what, one of the most annoying things about sumo is all the bullshit they wrap it up in. Uh, like when they're stamping their feet uh, and all that sort of thing and throwing salt. That's to purify the ring. Um... <laughs> I know, I, I told Harry that's a stupid thing to do. Yeah. Schultzman. And then, yeah, Harry Saltzman. is chucking that salt. Because Harry Saltzman, it was his family that introduced salt to Japan, you see. And, <laughs> and so he insisted. Um, all that bullshit. Because the, the fights in sumo wrestling last about eight seconds. And if they go over 20 seconds, then they're completely knackered and they can't do anything. Um, oh, hey, they had a big tubby fat lodge. Yeah, because they're not designed for endurance. But what I found interesting was watching this footage in the in a 1960s mm-hmm. film is just exactly the same as watching sumo now. <laughs> like, oh, really? They're real sumos, aren't they? I, I, I see yeah, 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 you yeah. making a big thing about how they went and got some real sumos in our last You Only Live Twice episode. Yeah, the guy yeah. he actually speaks to and gets the tickets from it was like the top sumo guy of the time. Usually you watch something from 50 years ago and you go, oh, things have changed, all this has changed. But because sumo is like Not so... James Bond, baby! <laughs> <laughs> You've changed a lot. James Bond has changed a lot. Sean Connery would never would never jump uh, jump across a, a roof, jump onto a car roof, and then roll <laughs> off, and then catch a horse, 
and shoot a bow That's and what arrow. he fucking does. There's a whole parkour bit at the end of this movie. Oh, he does <laughs> run across the roof. You're right. I invented parkour, oh, you cheeky right. shit. I've been banging this drum for years I now. Think, I don't think that was you, actually. I think that was just Bond. But I was right. running all over the rooftop bond... shouting parkour, parkour. That was Bond in Japan, but that wasn't Japanese Bond. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm only in about five minutes of this fucking movie. Yeah, he doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> anyway, first of all, uh, Bond goes and meets someone who... Am I crazy, Calvin, or is that <laughs> Japanese Blofeld? That, that is Japanese Blofeld, you're right. It's Charles Gray, who you will, of course, remember from uh, Diamonds Are Forever and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Jap- yes, and he's playing a Japanese version of Blofeld. In a weird crossover. Uh, no, 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 no. Japanese. No, no, no. Bond. He, no, it, it's it's the it's the actor, but playing a different character. You see, I don't, I don't know if actors really do that, do they? <laughs> I think it's pretty much. Sean Connery is Bond. You have different actors playing the same character. Is that what you're thinking of? Uh... But they sometimes actors play Japanese versions of their characters. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not Japanese. He's an Englishman living in Japan. That's another question, right? This is a question for Japanese Bond. <laughs> hey. there. Hello. Uh, a question about Japanese culture and, and all that sort of stuff. Because I, I, I'm, I'm very ignorant about these things, I admit that. Why do Japanese people make all their houses out of, like, balsa wood and tissue paper? Cheap. <laughs> it's cheap. You gotta pay for bricks. <laughs> oh, right. So, okay. Okay, so... If you live, for example, in one of the really cold bits of Japan, do they still make the houses out of tissue paper? Is that still normal? Yeah, it's a mountainous, it's a very mountainous country, Japan, and it's it's very hard work carrying bricks up a mountain, lad. Hmm, not wrong. So we just make everything out of paper. Uh, it's actually quite a problem in Japan. Is uh, we just heat it up with paraffin heaters in our paper houses, and then they catch on fire. And that's actually a real ongoing problem in Japan, where everyone's burning down their houses using paraffin heaters. Paraffin and paraffin accessories. That's a real problem, is it? That is a real problem. <laughs> yes. Not in the cities, like, not in Tokyo. You go to Tokyo and it's like fucking robots and space aliens knocking around making you super noodles. But then you step five minutes outside and it's like, oh, this house is made out of paper, lad. <laughs> is there a Japanese version of Three Little Pigs? It's very tight. <laughs> <laughs> yes they go he goes I'll I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll make a paper aeroplane out of your house <laughs> okay look um, I noticed that the man who assassinates Japanese Blofeld runs off mm. Bond catches him mm. and he's wearing a mask in a yes. in a very post 2020 reference that they must have foreseen just for us yeah no definitely and it's uh, very convenient of course because then Bond can assume the the mask and Don't disguise share himself masks anyone if you're well not, not yeah hey I've mm. seen that fucking Jamie Kennedy bullshit <laughs> That's the mask too we are thinking of. <laughs> yeah, that's Son of the Mask where Jamie Kennedy takes the mask from Jim He shares Kennedy. his mask with a dog. Yeah. Yeah, he shares it with a dog. And a baby. Of course, yeah. I must say, it doesn't look like a very good mask. It's very small. It's not covering much of his face. Uh, and it looks a bit dirty, the cloth. Well, he had, he had just been scrabbling on the ground. Can I say something 
extraordinarily complimentary about Bond. Well, Bond. Oh, go on then. Yes, go on, lad, go on. I was thinking when I was watching this film, I I just, you don't get these sets anymore. I I felt like, and this was way before we got to the hollowed out volcano. It was just Mm. these houses, like the Japanese houses, these big, even the sumo scene, which is obviously a real, um, a real, you know, sumo hut, whatever they call them, arena. Mm. All that stuff looked so cool. It's filmed really beautifully. You know, everything's mm. lit really nicely. And I think, I, I feel like when I'm watching Bond now, it feels smaller somehow, just tighter. Mm. No, I, I completely agree. this just feels so expansive. And, and it's and, and that's that's something I associate with early Bond, I think. That classic mm. kind of set, the big, you know, the villain's lairs sets and all that sort of stuff. Close it's lit properly, lad. It's a land of Asian <laughs> sun. It's all those lanterns, <laughs> isn't it? Lighting that volcano set must have been an absolute nightmare. I mean, it's massive, and uh, but but no, I I completely agree, Alan, and uh, particularly now that we've all been sort of more or less housebound for about a year now, I really do get an awful lot out of coming to a film like this. That so much of it is filmed on on location in Japan, in Tokyo, and whatnot, and uh, it's 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 really cool just to see a place captured in time like this. And then when they're not in Japan and they're actually on you know the film sets at Pinewood Studios. It, they're really designed really nicely. Like, even in Japanese Blofeld's house, it's nice. He's this Englishman who's sort of been living in Japan for so long, and his house is kind of this, like, hybrid of, like, you know, he has these, like, proper Engli- old-style English chairs and stuff, but it's a, it's a very Japanese uh, house, obviously. And it's just these nice little design touches here and there. And then when we get to the uh, big, well, the, not the big fight scene, but the fight sequence with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's dad in the uh, high-rise <laughs> office building. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's The Rock's dad. Oh, I didn't know that. We, we are called him Boulder, and we go, hey, that son of yours, Dwayne, he's a right chip off the old block. <laughs> and then we pat him on the shoulder. <laughs> he always laughed. <laughs> it's good, it's good times you're bringing up for me here, lads. This is nice. <laughs> good memories, eh? I'm on the shaky. I got it down to... Uh, I got it down to 98.4 degrees, oh, well, point two, and I'm happy with that. I'm happy what is, with that. What is 98.4 degrees in real money, in new money? What is it? 98.4 degrees Fahrenheit is, or well, this says it's 36.88888 recurring mm. degrees Celsius. Now, it's pretty warm. That is generally regarded to be... Um, body temperature. Body temperature. Well, that's probably why it's the perfect temperature. So I think... I think the Bond writers have like put this through about 10 filters in their mind. <laughs> um, what they're trying to say is that sake should be served at body temperature, but they were trying to make it sound fancier and like they're cleverer than they are. Yeah. And they translated it from, from body temperature to, to 98.4 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, hmm. I can see that. But that's probably why that's the, the, you know, the temperature you want, because then it just slips instantly into your system. You don't even notice it. So, uh, so yeah, Calvin, that fight scene uh, where he gets he gets uh, into a tussle with just some big goon, um, hmm. uh, who it turns out is Dwayne the Rock Johnson's dad. Um, I I mean, it's a fight scene. I I do like in these early Bonds, you kind of your hand to hand fight scenes. It's always the same. It's always like this really kind of stagey stage combat stuff where you know. You put your hands around someone's neck, but at least three inches away from their actual neck, you just press on their collarbones and they look (laughs) (laughs) a bit constipated. Uh, Lots of karate chops to the back and and that sort of thing. Uh, But the the man, um, the big rock, throws him through a wall, uh, which it's okay because it's made out of crepe paper. And Mm. 
he rolls around and then there's a room full of objects. What object do you pick up to defend yourself, to strike this attacker? <laughs> what, the sofa, of how course. Far, how far down the list is three-seater settee? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I guess in keeping with Japanese architecture, it must be made of extremely light materials. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to let the sumo wrestlers in there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he picks up a settee, smacks this guy around with the, the end of a settee. <laughs> and then... They go around the room picking up other things, like more reasonable things to hit each other with. Like the, I feel like you should build up to the three-seater settee. <laughs> yeah. Start with a two-seater. I did give him that note, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Problem is, in Japan, lads, right, you don't really have chairs or sofas. You just sit on the floor, so I don't know what they are. Yeah, what's that about? I don't know about you, lads, but if I see a sofa, it's like, well, what else am I going to do? I'd pick it up, use it as a baseball bat? Chuck it around. I'm not going to shit on it. That's just weird. Well, after he's beaten up the big rock, uh, he throws him in like a little cupboard. Do you think that was a note from Cubby? Cubby, yeah. <laughs> he's like, look, I spent a lot of time in cupboards as a yeah. kid. Yeah, that's, I know what this is like. Chuck him in a cupboard. That's it's why there was some broccoli in the cupboard. Made me the man I am today. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, how much of an alcoholic is James Bond and how much are we acknowledging it in these films? Because I know he is in the books and it's pretty much part of his character. Yeah. Do you think it's something they really... Because he just, I mean, he sees the bottle of alcohol. He's like, oh my God, alcohol. Oh my God, it's well, Lithuanian or whatever. He's just been in a fight. A lot of people are like that though, Alan. That's not a mass... Uh, certainly in the 60s, I imagine <laughs> it was even more... Well, they saw booze, the case, they but... had to drink it immediately. Well, yeah, I know plenty of people nowadays. They like they walk in a room. If and I was see in a some... fight and I saw booze, I'd yeah. I'd... I know loads of people now where if they were like out and about and then they came in and they saw some beers out, they'd be like, "Oh, beer!" Oh. You know people like that? Yeah, I call those people alcoholics. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're Alan's a non-drinker, everyone. So he's, you know, I'm I'm, tr- I'm sort of trying to convey Alan that I think you're approaching this from a very sheltered, uh, arguably naive perspective. <laughs> As someone who doesn't really partake. And I, and I agree, you know, it's kind of sad that it's that significant to some people. But, you know, sometimes you just want a nice... Can drink. I take a step back to when Calvin just said, if I was in a fight, I'd have a drink afterwards. Well, yeah, wouldn't you? Just the idea of you being in a fight, Calvin. A proper fist fight. <laughs> I've, of course, never been in a fight. You're a heavy drinker, aren't you, Calvin? Do you think you've got a problem? Uh, no, no, I don't think I've got a problem. Uh, have you been drinking more or less during lockdown? Uh, about the same. I've definitely been drinking less because um, I only really less? tend to drink. Yeah, most of my drinking's when I go out and well, yeah. social drinking. Yeah, Sol's drinking right now. That's why he's feeling defensive. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's got a beer. <laughs> am, and, yeah. and this is a Monday. A big beer. He said. He said it was a big one. It is a big beer. It is a big bottle. Of beer. I don't drink on weekdays. But, um, but this is the first drink I've had. Well, in a, you know, a couple of days, and th- this was the first time I bought alcohol in like months, pretty much. I used to go out on you know a weeknight here and there and a weekend and see friends and have drinks in the pub. And if you go to a restaurant, you have a drink with your meal. And I'm not doing any of that now. I barely drink at all these days. It's miss it. What the ca- miss the old booze? What are the calories like in a pint of beer? Uh, pint of beer, hundred and. 140 ish. It's comparable to a can of Coke. Mm. Yeah, 130, 140, something like that. There isn't much in vodka or gin. Oh, really? No. I think a glass of wine's about the same, isn't it? Yeah, I think a glass of red wine's like the most. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think. Guinness has got to be the most. It's practically a loaf of bread in a glass. Oh, that's true. It depends on the strength of the. of the. 
alcohol. Although even Guinness, I don't think you're looking at that. Like maybe 200 calories for a pint. I don't know. It's not a lot though if you're drinking it. Is that? Yeah. That's like two slices of bread. But that's like a tenth of your daily intake. Anyway. Oh yeah. So they're in a fight. I forgot to mention. I I thought at one point Bond picks up like a little figurine and smashes this guy over the head with it, and the figurine breaks. And first of all, one, he doesn't make a quip. He doesn't say, like, I don't know, what's a good quip about smashing a figurine over someone's head? Figured. Smashing. <laughs> I pitched a Cubby on the day, actually. I, I, I did an improv and they didn't keep it in. They must have gone with another take. But I said, you like collecting miniatures. Why don't you collect getting smacked in the face? And then I shoved <laughs> it on his head. That's good, actually. So yeah, that, like that was my pitch, yeah. They should have used that. Hmm. Well, okay, so... The last thing in this scene is when James Bond's running away, the police are coming up, the guards are coming up, hmm. and as he runs back to where he came from, he runs through the hole in the wall instead of that he was thrown through earlier, instead of the opening, the actual kind of doorway, which is four inches further to the left. <laughs> and I just thought, what a weird thing to do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess he's Bond, he knows what he's doing. And he manages to fool the guards by hiding behind a, a, a cupboard. The filing cabinets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, very... That's that's the sort of, like, top-notch spy work I like to see in the Bond films. <laughs> when he cowers behind the filing cabinet. Now, Bond kills a couple of um, guards here on his way out. Um, which well, I remember... I remember complaining about this last time we talked about it. They just murders oh. some poor security guard. He's probably working minimum wage. <laughs> that guy was, uh, he was touching children. Actually, oh. I think you said that last time to defend. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you said we don't know what he's really like. <laughs> he was doing that thing where you put peanut butter on your knob and then you call the dog in. You go, Fido. Oh, He's a bad man. That's is that you you why have you gone to that after killing kids or whatever you said? That, <laughs> that was an you thought that was an escalation to dog no, station. I thought the first one might be too much and you might need to cut it from the episode, so I'll do a weaker one. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll do a Schaefer one about a dog licking your nuts. <laughs> Japanese bond is on board with the editing process. <laughs> I had a, um, I was at a work thing once, and someone admitted that they uh, once put their finger in their cat's bum, <laughs> uh, just for medical reasons or just for the hell of it. Uh, he was saying that he was drunk at home, and the cat was just sort of like had its bum what? near his face, and he just like bloop, and he kind of told this as like a funny, as I think he thought it was like a funny sort of anecdote aside sort of thing, but obviously <laughs> none of us could uh, let let him. Uh, live it down <laughs> and just in the eye again. <laughs> we just talked about it for the right horrifying yeah, yeah anyway uh, <laughs> speak you put your finger up a cat's ass speaking I don't think of you can just, it's not that easy is it surely it's quite a tight fit well I don't really make the effort surely we, we eventually got around to the you know it, it he pretty much just sort of touched it and then the cat <laughs> obviously went berserk and uh, ran off <laughs> but, uh... Alan care to uh, care to do an impression of Blofeld's cat <laughs> getting prodded on the butthole uh yeah (laughs) the problem is that while he was being prodded up the bum donald presence was grasping onto him and holding him down so he couldn't run away and therefore got slightly more panicky than perhaps he would normally clawing away at the jacket (laughs) well speaking of cats bond meets with tiger tanaka eh eh um tanaka 
I hardly know her. Um, who's his main contact <laughs> in Japan? And this is where we have the line about the sake. And this is kind of Bond's like team, if you will, for as long as he's going to be in Japan. He teams up with t- uh, Tiger, and uh, I really like Tiger. Tiger's great. Yeah. Uh, so at first we think he's a he's a villain, and then it turns out he's their mates, and they love each mm. other. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then, so yeah, that means the woman who took him there, she's his mate as well, which is good because they can shag each other later. Mm. It, which is really weird. Uh, yeah. Tiger takes bonds to this sort of bathhouse thing where they each have three women That's sort so of weird. wash them and bathe them and all that kind of stuff. This film actually gets off quite lightly. I think we're going to, you know, get onto this a little bit later on with the whole sort of Japanese makeup sort of thing. Like, if this was Bond going undercover as a black person, or, you know, this would be probably struck from the uh, uh, the box set, certainly. Oh, yeah. Eon Productions would be pretending it didn't exist. It'd be like yeah. Song of the South, but more extreme. People focus on, like, Pussy Galore and Goldfinger and that kind of stuff, where he pretty much forces himself on her. But there's a lot of stuff in this that seems to just kind of fly under the radar. And I do wonder how much of that is because, uh, essentially, the the conversations, you know, it, they, they, they don't really focus on the whole um, sort of Asian... Um, Asian side of things, uh, so it doesn't seem to be as bad to some. Are you, which bit are you talking about? Because he's not—he's not been turned Japanese yet. No, um, no. But this is when he's—he's, he's, you know, a, intending to have sex with what I can only assume is a prostitute uh, <laughs> that he's not paying, but it's on the house. That's fair enough. Mm. Um, but yeah, he picks one—picks the one he likes the look of. Oh, I, I noticed. <laughs> yeah. Tiger says she's very sexiful when describing yeah. her. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to start using that. I think that's good. Um, I noticed that when they were all, they, he had ladies soaping him up and he says, oh, don't get the soap in my eye. Hmm. Um, eye singular. You know what that means, don't you? Oh. This is That's what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Can you say that? Probably not. I don't think he can anymore. Jack Hang on, respond? I, I know someone who, who's up on all this political Oh. <laughs> Hello there, lads. Uh, hello, I see you. <laughs> you having a problem there with the old racism? <laughs> Calvin, have you met have you met uh, Liam before? Liam, hello, Calvin. Hello, it's definitely not racist. Liam Nason here. Oh right. Oh hello. <laughs> Sorry, I, I mustn't have listened to the episodes where you appeared, Liam. <laughs> oh no, that's no problem. Uh, what's what's the problem here? I'm I'm up to date with all the wokeness, so I can tell you whatever you need to know. Um, we were wondering, Liam, is the common playground uh, phrase referring to one's... For your cock, for the end of your cock. Yeah, yeah, referring to the end of uh, one's penis. Is that acceptable in today's day and age? Because we're, we're thinking it's no, no, probably no. quite a racist... No, um... no, no, no. You can't say because it's all about the... You can't no more. What you got to say these days is your... Hole. <laughs> That's what it's called now. Dear. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the poetry of it is somewhat lost. Uh, but, you know, y- you can only do so much with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 definitely not racist, Liam Neeson. While we've got you here, thanks for popping in, by the way. Um, I was wondering um, in this film, uh, James Bond seems to have a real problem with Siamese vodka. Now, can you weigh in on that? Is that acceptable in the current climate? Well, if it was Siamese vodka in the 60s, uh, wasn't Siam, didn't Siam go go out of existence long before that? So it's probably out of date. That's probably the main problem there. 
I didn't know Ty, that, Liam Neeson. Thank you for that. I mean, I I think, I'm not sure of the exact dates. I think Alan made the same point in our last You Only Live Twice episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, I, I'll leave you to it. Just as long as there's no there's no white fellas pretending to be other races are there over there, are there? No, 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 no. Nothing like that. All right, then. Okay, well, then, my, my services are no longer needed. You, you, you just leave you to it. I've got to go and rescue my daughter from some sort of French... Prostitute ring. I can't. I've not actually seen the film, so I don't know the details. Oh, do you, do you want um, do you want French Bond's number? I can I can bring him into the to the call we've got here. Actually, if you want to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll see, I'll I'd love to hear it. I'd love to give it a hear. Yes, go on. Oh, it's dialing. Ho ho ho! Hello. It's me, French Bond. I like French garlic. Un poisson au fromage. Poisson fromage, fish cheese. Yeah, 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 fish yeah and that's cheese. What said, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Classic French dish. I, I made that last week. Fish and cheese. Come on, come on. You eat fish and milk. How's that any different? Ah, uh, so. I hear you need some help with France. <laughs> shall, shall we just just sort of discreetly move on? I like garlic. <laughs> the, what, what's your question, Liam Neeson? Uh, you need you need to track some. Yeah, so here here's the problem. Traffickers. I'm not... Yeah, so imagine you've got a girl there. She's been kidnapped by some sex traffickers. Where where would you start? What are the sort of shady areas they should go to? French International Airport in Paris. That's a hotbed of... Uh... <laughs> yeah, the airport is... Uh... Right, it's so called Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Get off the call. I'm, I, he was annoying okay, okay. me. I've, I've muted let's him. Move on. move on. Let's discreetly move on. Uh... He messaged me saying I have no authority here. That's a, a timely reference <laughs> that will still be <laughs> relevant <laughs> when this episode goes out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we do have some big announcements to make now. Um, oh, I, I guess now's the time to do it. Is that right, Alan? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Watershed moment. A, a change has occurred. Um, we're too old now. <laughs> We've been doing this for five years and, uh, circumstances have changed and, um, uh, we, we need to change our system somewhat so that we can continue to, Produce top quality content, and that means quality, not quantity. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think I'm confident, at the very least, for the next few months, you're going to see. Uh, we've got some very good shit on the way. Yeah, yeah, more exciting guests and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But all this, uh, yeah, extra stuff. It takes extra time, and of course, uh, in these uh, in these uh, strange times, we need to be concentrating on actually working for a living <laughs> so um so we we have to change what we're doing somewhat and that is basically the what is going to happen is we are going to fortnightly episodes uh rather than weekly but in the off weeks we will still be producing diminisodes yeah so there will still be at least uh you know one episode every week for for those of you who are getting diminisodes if you are a patreon but on top of that, we are, with this change, we are restructuring the Patreon as well. 
So Japanese Bond, I guess I'll I'll leave this over to you, hand this over to you, because this is your domain, really. You Japanese Bond runs our Patreon account for us. Mm. Um, he he, he oversees very, he's it. He's good with the, the computer. Yeah. I yes, I'm well, I'm Japanese, ain't I? We, it's where computers come from. He's on TikTok. Right? Are you on, on TikTok, TikTok Japanese Bond? I'm on Twitter actually. That's a new thing. I know. I noticed that the other day actually. He hadn't told us about that. <laughs> I just been tweeting here and there when I t- when the time takes me and the hey if you want to uh, you want to follow me on Twitter lads uh, what is it James Bond San my Twitter it's uh, it's at James Bond San so uh, <laughs> go follow me on there all sorts of uh, opinions on the news in Japan Godzilla what he's up to Shaki bonsai trees <laughs> all things just, whatever whatever I find on the anime. All my thoughts on uh, One Piece and the uh, the Attack on Titan season finale, all that stuff. All right, all right. Well, well, basically, lads, we're re- we're doing a big restructuring here, and it's quite exciting stuff. This. So, currently, if you're on our Patreon, if you go on it right now, currently, there's one tier, right? Yeah. And it's one dollar a month, and you get to join my Japanese Bond Otaku Collective mm. for all the otakus for the show out there. For a dollar a month, you get a lot. Oh, that's of that. very cheap. Man. That's, cheap. that's yeah, not yeah. enough. Well, that's it, lads. So for that one dollar a month, right, you get access to polls to vote in new shows, random little bits and pieces like when Alan ate a spoon of mustard on a video <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why we did that. There's uh, a request. <laughs> countless diminishodes. There's there's like eighty something <laughs> diminishodes right now. Oh yeah, diminishodes. Yeah. So that's when we um. Uh, typically, when we review a new release to tie into an episode, we'll do it as a diminisode, but um, we, we do all sorts on there. We play little games and things. We do little audio diaries. There's loads of fun on There's there. There's been no new releases recently, so we've had to be a bit yeah. more creative. Yeah, but we're doing quizzes and all that sorts of stuff. We did a pretty remarkably wonderful recording uh, James Bond game recently, which was very giggly and silly when we were playing. <laughs> it's not uh, like us. The... <laughs> yeah, Calvin joined us for a little... Uh, play your cards right parody thing. Hey lads, so you get diminished odds, and there's even some bonus full length episodes on there. On there's early access as well. So like at the minute when there's all these movies getting delayed, there's like three epi- three full length episodes that are gonna be going out on the show that are just up there early months in advance. So that's what you get for a dollar a month, right? Mm-hmm. But it's all changing now. All right, okay. it's ominous. Yes. <laughs> what, what is what is changing about that then? Well, from now on, lads, my tier's tier one. Right. We uh, we were watching the, the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, right. and we thought, what we need, take a tip out of the government's book, we need some more tiers. Tiers. Have okay. we, uh, there's not been enough tiers already. Aye, aye, I'm tier one. So one pound a month it's going to be for pound. tier one. We, we're switching to proper currency. The stronger currency. I'll tell you currency. what happened, lads, today. It was on one dollar, but but it was confusing it. People from all over the world were like, some were subscribing in dollars, some were subscribing in pounds. So we thought, let's just simplify it, try and stop it getting confusing. So for one pound... So one pound a month, that's tier one. So, okay, one pound a month is nothing. It's just a, yeah. it's just a way to, obviously, you wouldn't even notice that was gone. So what do you get in return for that? All right, so for my tier there, you get access to special posts. So like I say, those mustard videos... Things like that. There's more to it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You get now. This is a big one, Lash. 
you get access to the Diminishing Returns back catalogue. Oh, right. That is a big one, isn't it? That is available currently. Publicly available anyway. That is exactly right. Yeah, that's completely available for free anyway. Once this all switches over, lads, and I'll tell you now, switch is happening start of the financial year. That's the 1st of April. Was it the 5th of April? What is it, lads? Let's go with the 1st, otherwise it'll get confusing. As of then, the back catalogue, that's like the early days. They're going to go behind the diminishing returns Patreon paywall. And this is your your due notice now. You want to go listen to those early episodes? Go listen to them now while they're free, right? Because they're going to be £1 a month. Right, so I I, kind of get this because I was listening back to some of our old episodes recently and they're a bit shit. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I'm alright with that, I get that. Audio quality has improved, certainly. Yeah, the idea is we don't want any new people coming along listening to the old shit and going, oh, that's a bit shit. So that's fine. We want them to start with this episode and they'll know it's real quality. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But I think... um, I don't know, Alan. What what do you reckon? That's gonna be like the first twenty, thirty episodes, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, we'll see. I need to I need to have a listen through and decide when the cutoff's gonna be. But yeah, it's gonna be it'll be roughly when we figured out what we're doing, which was around then, I guess. All right, lads. So that's it. You get access to a whole whack and load of back catalogue episodes right there. That's something. And you can get involved in votes and generally be involved in the Patreon community. Hey, at the time of recording, there's a big poll going on for this year's Easter special episode. And I think that episode's going to be going out next week, something like that. So you'll see what the patrons uh, decided, what you could have been taking part to decide if you wanted. Um, Mm. You're also going to get early access to episodes when they're available ahead of time. We often uh, get our episodes handed in by Shaul and Alan a bit early. You know, they they often take care of them ahead of time. Like I say, there's a Purge episode at the minute, a Kingsman 2 episode. Uh, a special outtakes episode there's a whole load of episodes available ahead of time right now months ahead of a time so you know that's pretty special plus you get the warm feeling in your heart knowing that you're helping us um <laughs> pay the bills got website costs and stuff soundcloud costs all that uh so yeah it's, it's good and you still lads you still get the on-air shout out you know where i pop yeah. in from time to time and i say oh this lad here he's uh you shined up here. Yeah, and I got a few of those to do this episode, so oh, hang gosh. on for that. But but before we do that, lads, I'm going to bring in my pals, because uh, I'm only overseeing Tier 1. All right, yeah. we got someone else here for Tier 2, so uh, let's bring him in, lads. Oh, it's esteemed filmmaker Werner Herzog. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I am here oh, to celebrate a most unmonumental milestone. <clears throat> 250 weeks closer towards our inevitable demise. Yeah. At least we're providing yeah. the entertainment while the, yeah, while the Titanic yeah. sinks. So, Werner, you're, you're, doing, you're doing Tier 2, is that right? Tier 2, I'll need about 350. <laughs> 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 Chef's dad. When I say three fiddy, I'll need exactly three pounds <laughs> sterling. That's three fiddy American. Yes. <laughs> but three pounds in good real money. <laughs> three pounds, a most insignificant price. About three fiddy. <laughs> 
Hang on, let me ask let me ask Calvin a question. You live in London, everything's too expensive. Can you get a coffee? Can you get a coffee at Starbucks for that? Like a No, I reckon coffee, like two thirds of a coffee for three pounds. I don't buy coffee. How many how many cigarettes can you get for three pounds? Uh, well I don't buy cigarettes. Anymore. How many could you get six months ago? You you could maybe get just over a third of a pack. Yeah, I guess the point is it's not much, is it? It's not much to support your favourite podcast or even one of the lesser favoured podcasts in your retinue. <laughs> <laughs> But if um, you're a fan of the show and you want to get some extra content, this is how you get it. So, Werner, how... This is how and what do you get for your three pounds? For three pounds, <laughs> you get all of Tier 1's perks. Well, yeah, that would be pretty right. shoddy if you didn't get the Tier 1 stuff. Point, it's yeah, just sure. like, you had to sign up twice just to get everything. All right, what else do you get? The Minnesota's. Ah, okay. The the real the real draw. Uh, the, I mean, that's, the real that is it. That's content. the bonus. Yes, the minisodes and bonus episodes, and I believe you are going to start adhering to an actual schedule for the Diminisodes release. Yeah. Ah, yes. Now this is something actually, because currently we just we try to do one Diminisode a month minimum. We do a lot more than that. In actuality, though. we do like three or four a Closer month. To I'd a say one on a average. Week, yeah, but it's it's pretty sporadic because it's just kind of as and when things yeah. happen and when we record things. We decided right what we're going to do is put an actual release schedule in place like we have for the main show just so you kind of know exactly what you're getting so from now on diminisodes there'll be a new diminisode out bi-weekly mm. on wednesdays is that what we decided Alan? yeah once a fortnight so every sort of couple of weeks at, at least there's going to be times when there's new releases out we're going to do a review we want to get it out as soon as possible so we won't wait until the next release date we'll sh- we'll shove it out but it just means we're guaranteeing that amount for them for the, for the three yeah. your minimum guarantee one a fortnight two episodes a month it's pretty good yeah and uh anything else Werner, or are you just basically up in the price on what was already available. <laughs> Which would be totally valid and fair, by the way. No, we also are launching the official Diminishing Returns Discord server. Oh, okay. Now, Werner, I have no idea what Discord is, and I'm scared by new things, so can you break that down for me a little bit? Discord is like WhatsApp or a text chain. <laughs> WhatsApp, is it? It's an incessant chiming bell <laughs> alerting you to the whining, mewling needs of those in your in your social babble. Okay, so basically it's like a big chat, and, and we'll be on there, and anyone else who wants to join uh, on Tier 2. Uh, Alan and I have actually been chatting on there, just the two of us anyway, so that, you know, that'll just be a place for sharing, like, Minions memes. If you, I mean, what it's going to end up being, I think, is if you've just been to the cinema and you've seen a film and you're like, man, anyone else seen this? What the fuck was that? We'll all chime in and go, oh, yeah, yeah, it looks cool, or, yeah. It's a direct communication. Yeah, um, I'm expecting great things from that. I think it's going to be really fun, our, our little private Discord chat so that's a little tasty perk for you and so there's another perk is uh, another tier is there is that right oh i heard myself back hello what's that hello sorry that, sorry, was, that was me, me. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, 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 oh myself exterminate <laughs> we have taken sarah jane yes yeah, so there's like a, an echo we can hear ourselves on your audio as well or maybe it's the ghost of could be broccoli <gasps> i think you're being haunted alan oh because you know he's just come in from the kitchen for tier three, I'm assuming. Well, I only know one ghost. Let's call it Broccoli. Hey, yo! Oh, oh, oh! Jack and Jill went up the hill. Cubby. Oh! Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of fucking water. And Jill sucked him off. 
It's Cubby <laughs> Dice Clay. All right, that that was really good, uh, Cubby. So what what are you here for? You, you're overseeing tier three. Oh oh, tier three. Cubby's Finer Things Club, capiche? Ooh. Oh, that sounds um, fancy. The VIP area. Yeah, what's that then? Tier three? All of the above, know what I mean? All right, so for tier three, you get all that other stuff. Diminisodes, basically, but like all the other stuff we mentioned. Shout out. Yeah, support the show. Uh, so why why would you go for this tier? A t-shirt! What? A t-shirt! People love t-shirts. A t-shirt? Do you know who wore a t-shirt? Who? Marlon Brando. Oh! Oh! oh what, what, Calvin, name some other cool people who wore t-shirts. Oh, uh, uh, James Bond wore one in Licence to Kill. Did he really? Oh, that's yes. Dalton Bond, isn't it? Yeah. I think Tony Stark wears one. <laughs> Tony Stark wears, like, band t-shirts. With ah. a suit yeah, jacket blazer really cool. on, and that is really cool, and that's what you could do. That's the kind. Tony Stark would wear a podcast T-shirt to support his pod- favorite podcast. Tony Stark would wear a Diminishing Returns T-shirt with like a jacket, a suit blazer, like over the top of it, and it would look really cool. <laughs> All right, Cubby, that's pretty cool. So, so uh, anything else on there? Oh, oh, it's a Finer Things Club, and I'm a producer, and so anyone who joins the Finer Things Club gets a T-shirt. And they get an executive producer credit on all the episodes that are going out or being recorded while they're in the Finer Things Club. Yeah, and this is this is one for the real uh, kind of the diehard fans, I guess, because it's one you really want to support the show, help us out, because we do have a lot of costs uh, that we don't cover, frankly, <laughs> by doing the show. But quite over and above that, you know, we put so many hours into this show. We put. Not just obviously recording, but the editing takes a long time. All the social media nonsense that we're not even very good at. Um, (laughs) And uh, trying to trying to get our you know source our guests as well you know we're, we're making mm. a real effort at the minute with uh exciting guests right now no offense japanese bond <laughs> and uh and uh you know just buying films basically <laughs> there's a lot of costs uh financial and emotional that go into this so if you really do want to support us and help us out uh join the finer things club uh, get a few extras, get a few little bonus things, get yourself named as an executive producer. Yeah, get a t-shirt, executive producer credit. But yeah, but mostly you're just helping out your favourite podcasters. Thank it's you. a cool t-shirt as well. It's, you know, it's the, it's the Diminishing Returns t-shirt. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can get one. <laughs> you got to pay yourself. So, so how much is that to you, Cubby? The Finer Things Club! £20 a month! Alright, so that's £20. £20. That's, I mean, you know. You get a t-shirt for that. Yeah, that's... that's pretty good. Yeah, T-shirt. I think we'll do some special little bonuses. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're in the finer things club, I mean, that's VIP shit, right? We're gonna treat you like uh, with some respect, which is not what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we might actually respond to your messages. Yeah, if you, if you message us saying like bring back Fraser improv episodes, <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. We'll not say we'll do it, but we'll respond. Is there a Frasier podcast? There's got to be a Frasier podcast. Yeah, there's got to be. A we one. should do one. Oh, yes, there's the Frasier Crane cast. Do you remember we were going to do a podcast of uh, crisps? So. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You yeah. can do that as a bonus uh, on the Patreon. We might. Calvin, do you want to do a Diminisode where we review crisps? Brilliant, yes. Yeah, I won't have to be there. It's perfect. That's great. Let's do it. Yeah, we, we've got we've got quite a few diminisodes to edit together at the minute. We've got some good ideas for ones coming up, and uh, of course, when new films are coming out, that will be where we're reviewing them. So yeah, uh, tier one, loads of fun shit. Tier two, 
all that fun shit and diminisodes and bonus, bonus episodes content. and the discord tier three all of that crazy shit i mean that that's so much stuff really it's too much isn't it? and a mm. t-shirt and you're the executive producer and you know you can put that on a job application put us yeah. down as references if you want put cubby broccoli i mean soul puts soul puts it down on his cv so i do actually yeah. <laughs> but i mean i am actually producing the show <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's, not, that's the difference yeah. I never know if putting this show down on a job application is going to help or hinder my chances. <laughs> it's like, it's always a gamble. Like, certain jobs, it's definitely helped me get to the interviews. Like, where I can kind of say, look at this thing I made. And then other ones, it's definitely like, what's this amateur shit this person's <laughs> trying to pass off as work? Look, the Bond, Bond uh, experience. What's your channel called, Calvin? Uh, Calvin Dyson. Oh, Bond Reviewer. Calvin Reviews Bond, my weekly Bond. That got no, no, that, no. It, that got Calvin into a job straight out of uni, and it was shit back then. It it did, <laughs> and Calvin deleted all that. He erased that from history so that people couldn't see how shit it was. Yep, and that's <laughs> what we're doing. We're 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 ashamed of the early episodes. They're terrible. Uh, they're not terrible. They're just nah. like you kind of have it's to know us and know crap. that we're capable of more. That's really all it is. And and you know you you're proving that that's the case if you're on our Patreon. We we trust you to listen to our crap. Uh, so there you go. You know. Uh, um, I'd like to pass over at this point to Barbara Chandler, who's going to make an appeal on our behalf for money. My name is Barbara Chandler. I'm asking you to uh, help us with uh, car payment uh, by buying a T-shirt. They're nice. They're in perfect shape. Uh, They'll make a good addition to your home. Thank you for helping us. I appreciate it. All men. I, it was about this point of the film that I hit that classic kind of mid-Bond slump mm. where the 20 minutes of like interesting stuff at the beginning has finished and now we're just sort of into like an hour or two long of just over-complicating the plot for no reason and hmm. I've lost track of what's happening. Uh, we 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 started following this really tall Japanese man for a while. I don't know <laughs> what that was about. Then we came back to Bond. Uh, I don't know. Well, it does get a bit sort of tangenty here because Bond does go back to the office block to meet with Mr. Asato and Helga Brandt, who were a couple of villains. Um, and then they sort of have a meeting. But then after that, there's a bit of a car chase and then there's a giant magnet on a helicopter, <laughs> yeah. which uh, takes the car, the villain's car and drops it in the... Um, yeah, that's all right. I mean, that's a cool kind of action-y, new, uh, interesting spin on a car chase. I'm all right with that. There is just kind of a lot of, particularly this whole tangent that we go on with uh, Helga, where she is going to kill Bond by taking him up in a plane and then parachuting out of it. Trapping his hands underneath a little bookshelf that she found. <laughs> I imagine you were in that position, Sol. Your hands would be completely <laughs> trapped. You wouldn't be able to move them out just by slowly sort of just putting your elbows back two inches. Okay. Um... I'm going to go back to the ongoing saga now of uh, the name of Diminishing Returns and where it okay. came from. Ah. Okay? Yep. So, 2nd of January here. 6.21. Sol. Title idea. Development hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, we knew that was Alan. <laughs> oh, I like it. That's good. Calvin. Me too! <laughs> Alan. Although it is a common enough phrase that it might already be taken. If not by a podcast, then something else that could block 
our Facebook Twitter identity. Yeah. You want something Googleable. Googleable. Yeah, it could be possibly taken by two other podcasts later on as well. <laughs> in quick succession. Sol, I imagine that the Development Hell podcast or something like that would take care of any problems like that. Yeah. I'll look into what social media accounts are available. All right, that's 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 that bit. Uh, I'll come back to this again in a few minutes. We still don't. We still have no idea how to uh, market ourselves or use social media or search engine optimization. We've no idea. Yeah, I joined TikTok before it was like a big deal. You joined TikTok because Will Smith was on it and you liked watching him. No, I was I was on it before him. <laughs> I think I actually was on TikTok before Will Smith, and it was great fun for like a week. And I got bored of it and I deleted it, but um, I feel like I should have stuck with it. Hmm. Problem is, most of this stuff on TikTok's shite. I had to train the algorithm just to show me videos of things being crushed with a hydraulic press. (laughs) Oh, mate, you want to watch the hydraulic press channel? It's on YouTube. It's easy. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. Can you not get that content elsewhere? I think they just pulled it off YouTube, but it was just fun. Yeah, you got that and then like weird things being cooked out in the woods. Just videos of people making like a fancy fireplace out of wood and then, you know, cooking a steak or a pork chop. I with some bay leaves. This question might be coming slightly late, but what is TikTok? It's uh it's a social media app. Yeah, but it's videos, isn't it? Like so what's the rules? Like is it is there like a maximum length of video? You can make videos up to sixty seconds long, one minute. Uh, in theory, I think it started as, and in theory, it's for miming to music videos. So you can kind of put, choose a song to go over it, and then you like dance and mime to create your own little music video. But that's certainly not what I used it for. I found that stuff just infuriatingly annoying. Seems like most people just use it to uh, shout at the camera. The, my favorite thing, actually, that I found on TikTok while I was on it, and I do sometimes miss it and think, oh man, I should join it. There was a guy who was like a huge celebrity on there, like millions and millions of subscribers. He was this Indian man, didn't seem to speak much English at all. And his whole thing was he would get all his dinner out on the table in front of him before he ate it, made by his wife, uh, it would seem like, usually. And it always involved, like, a chicken drumstick. And he would lift up the chicken drum... He would list off everything on the table, and it always involved the chicken drumstick. And when he picked up the chicken drumstick, he would go, Chicken leg, peace! And then he would eat the chicken leg. Like, <laughs> he'd just eat it as quickly as he could for a minute. And it was amazing. Masoor gravy rice. Kanda bhaji. Chicken leg beef. Um, hmm. And there were just, there were, he's got an app. He's got like remixes out. Uh, there's songs written about him now. Just people going, chicken leg beast, chicken leg beast. Chicken leg beast, chicken leg beast, chicken leg beast, chicken leg beast. It was amazing. He had yeah, sponsorship yeah. deals with KFC in India, it seemed like, where like they'd <laughs> give him, you know, KFC meals and he'd have to go, KFC Zinger Burger, chicken leg beast. Sometimes I feel sort of out of touch with the world. Sometimes I'm not bothered about that. Do you know what, right? The only thing I've ever seen from TikTok, obviously I've not been on TikTok, but I see videos from it occasionally. It's just women dressed and then they jump up in in the air and then when they land, they're naked. Which is a trick George Melier did in like 1894. (laughs) Because it's on TikTok, it's like really good. Well, what you've seen, Alan, I believe is not, tiktok but an ad for a porn parody of tiktok <laughs> ah, website okay. which is quite commonly played before i was gonna say because isn't tiktok really popular with the youngsters 
Well, I yeah, assume no, there's yeah. some sort of filter that, they, that you know you can only see. No, no, I, I think I think what you're talking about is a specific advert. And it says like it's called. <laughs> it says like TikTok for sex in the corner. So that's not actually TikTok. It's like a. It's like when they make a website called Fuckbook instead of Facebook and try and. I mean, I, I don't search them out. I just look at a lot of pornography and I come, I come across them. We we should have got on TikTok as a show. Really, we should have ridden no. the wave. But I don't know. It was it was it was fun. My time on there. You I know, don't want to be down with the kids as a show. Though. Tell you what you'd find, right? You'd find loads of weird hoaxes, and you'd find loads of weird like creepy pastas. Are you familiar with creepy pasta? Yeah. yeah. So it seemed like TikTok had a little community of people that had learned that if you kind of make a video with a creepy cliffhanger and you say like follow, like subscribe for part two, all the people who want to know what happens, even though the video you've made isn't like anything special, you've just hooked them with a cliffhanger they'll like like and follow and you'll end up becoming you know trending because of it and you get really popular so you got all these videos where it'd be like kids in high school who'd be like oh just another day in high school and then we found this this door this door wasn't here yesterday what's in it oh we're gonna crack open the door and they like open up a door on the wall <laughs> and it's obviously just like the janitor's closet or whatever but they're like oh what's in it oh and then it'd be like the end of the video it's like like and subscribe to find out what's behind the door god that's terrible it is terrible, yeah. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's on there doing videos, bringing his Shetland pony inside his house in the in his mansion, just like coronavirus, my pony, and like giving his pony a cookie to eat and stroking it in the living room. I'm sure it'll fall by the wayside, just like Snapchat and Vine and all these things. The next big scene we have is Bond in Little Nelly, uh, and we have this whole action. Is that the Bond girl? That's, that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> but there's, no, yeah, there's no way to make that funny because he is inside women all the time. It's just um, a fact. Do we like this sequence? It's a highlight for me. It's just stupid action stuff. Q looked young though, didn't he? <laughs> That's the one thing where I've got some context and it's changed my opinion. He's only I've gone from thinking, wow, what a doddery old man who probably would have retired by now <laughs> to, God, he's looking young. Good Isle. And sweaty. He did not like wearing shorts. He's on record as saying that. Is he ashamed of his legs? A, br- a British man doesn't wear shorts. <laughs> All right, I'm, 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 I'm going to read out the next chapter of our ongoing diminishing returns chat log. Uh, have we talked about any of this the film from... in between this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> this is uh, this is from the third of January, two thousand sixteen. Sol. This is so much work. I was there. I was trying to put together a pitch for Finding Nemo and struggling it. Sol, I hate you both. <laughs> Sol, I've got a great James Bond pitch too, but I'm saving it for Goldfinger. Sol, everything else is difficult. I'm trying to hold off from using in space for as long as possible. <laughs> Alan, Star Trek in space. See what I did there. Sol. Star Trek on Earth. <laughs> That's been done a did, few times. Sol, did Star Trek ever go underwater? Save the whales. Sol, <laughs> I know they kidnapped a whale. <laughs> Calvin, looks like there's already a development hell podcast. <laughs> Calvin, should we be bothered about this? Sol, fuck, that should have been the first thing I looked at, really, shouldn't it? <laughs> Sol, hmm. Alan. Damn it, Sol. You're in charge of the tech side. <laughs> Calvin. It's not development hell as in movie development, but it could be confusing. It's about Sol. real estate development. 
can we put a spin? I think it actually was about real estate development. Sol, can we put a spin on development hell? Sol, something like life in development hell, but better. Sol, we never worked out something better. What the development hell? <laughs> Alan, nice, but it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Sol, Dante's development inferno. <laughs> Dante's developmental inferno. Oh dear. Sol, bloody development hell. <laughs> development heck. <laughs> Sol, from development hell. Alan, what do they call it when a film is set to go, but then something knocks it back and it doesn't get made? <laughs> the latest Bond film. <laughs> <laughs> Sol, development heaven. Sol, <laughs> development hell's kitchen. <laughs> Alan. Development purgatory. <laughs> I could have done my Gordon Ramsay impression. Sol. Development Hell's Angels. <laughs> Sol. Development Hell Raisers. Oh, Calvin. I like purgatory. <laughs> Calvin. Ooh, Hell Raisers too. <laughs> Calvin. It's very positive, Calvin. Purgatory could be easier to abbreviate. To what? P- the purge. Calvin. <laughs> Dev purge? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how Calvin's so kind of optimistic and positive and trying to be helpful, while Sol just rattles off bullshit and I make <laughs> passive aggressive yeah. sarcastic remarks. <laughs> well, yeah. Then then I tell you that the phrase you're looking at, Alan, is um, shelving. I think. All oh, right. Yeah. And yeah. then I say, yeah. Then we've got Sol shelving hell. Welcome to the shelf. <laughs> Sol, the elf shelf. Sol. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I think that, that conversation rather sums it up quite well. <laughs> it does, actually, yeah. All very in character. Uh, Sol, development Valhalla. Sol, is there a Jedi afterlife? Sol, sequelitis. <laughs> Ooh, you've gone completely off-piste there. That was a new thing. Can you... Yeah, can you help me with this one? Because I genuinely don't know what this is, but I think this must be a reference to something. Sol, you can't top pigs with pigs. (laughs) (laughs) That's me pitching that as a quote, as a name for the show, because it's in quotation marks. We should have gone with that. Obviously, it's still the test of time. (laughs) I mean, that's got to be a reference to something. I don't know what. Uh... Sol, franchise killers. Sol, the never quite as good podcast. <laughs> Sol, diminishing returns. Oh, Alan, I like diminishing returns. Hello, here we are. Alan, it's a well enough known phrase, but still sounds a bit intellectual because <laughs> it's got a big word with four eyes in it. <laughs> yeah, Calvin, I like it too. Calvin. And as far as a quick Google search goes, it doesn't look like there's another podcast with that name. Third no, <laughs> of January 2016, for the record, was when that Google search was. Made. Exhibit A. Yes. Okay. Anyway, uh, back to back to the film. See, this is why Sol is always convinced that if he just rattles off enough bullshit, he'll get something by the end. Yeah. <laughs> Some, often it's true, but often it's not. <laughs> that is the entire mantra of our show. We we uh That's your mantra. Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, we're into uh, the best bit of the film now because we get to the volcano base and uh, we Ooh. see Blofeld there Ooh. with his cat. All this stuff. All this stuff's great, isn't it? Don't we all love this? Uh, at one point, Blofeld is talking to two Chinese guys and they're talking about their plan. Hmm. Whatever they are. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I recognise one of those Chinese guys. What I had looked him up and he's <laughs> he's in... Uh, crap 80s sitcom Mind Your Language. Uh, that's why I <laughs> recognised him. He plays, obviously he is Chinese uh, originally, he plays the Japanese character in uh, Mind Your Language obviously. Oh. Uh, there is there is a Chinese character in Mind Your Language played by a, a Malaysian, so uh, you know hmm. they were really Calvin, on the way there. Right. Did Alan send you a link to Mind Your Language when he sent it to me back Oh yes, day? yeah I remember watching it. Now, listeners, as you now know, Alan loves his British sitcoms, and he's started the uh, the British Sitcom History podcast and YouTube channel. So go check those out. They're they're recent uh, recently launched things. So still very fresh and exciting. So <laughs> check those out. Um, like Alan's been doing this for ages. He'll just watch like terrible sitcoms that he's discovered from the seventies or whatever. And occasionally he'd try and involve me and Calvin, and he just sent us a link to stuff. Now. He sent us an episode uh, of this thing, Mind Your Language, a while ago, saying this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It's so bad. (laughs) I was looking on IMDb's top 250 TV shows of all time the other day. Mind Your Language is on it. Mind Your Language has like 8.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Why? So what's that about? Because it was terrible, wasn't it, Calvin? It's not just oh, me. Yeah. Like, it was shit. Mm. Well, it, it it ran for like five series, four five series. So it was popular and it was eventually taken off just because it was deemed kind of just offensive, basically, because it's just, it's these lazy jokes based on kind of crap stereotypes of different um, cultures. Hey, guys. <laughs> Would you like some shortbread? <laughs> Which is, there's no place in society shushy. for that. <laughs> I brought some sushi from home if you like some sushi. But it was very popular because people are thick. And also, it played really well internationally. Like, I know for a fact it's it was really popular in India, uh, for whatever reason. Apple juice. Chicken leg piece. When I was doing some research on it or whatever, I found this YouTube video of these school kids who were like 15, like they weren't even born when the show was on. Alan, I wasn't born when the show was on. (laughs) What's your point? So it's had legacy is what I mean. And they were doing an episode of it. So it was all these Indian kids playing the roles of like an Italian or, you know, a, a, a Chinese person. Do you think it's like when they go to English lessons at school and they get a supply teacher and they just put on a video because they can't be bothered teaching the class? Properly? Well, oh, this is a, this is a TV show about teaching English. That's good enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably. Well, look, I I watched Shakespeare in Love last night, right? Just you know, ticking off the Best Picture winners, and I had a flashback to being shown it in English classes at school. And I, when it came out, oh, I was so like, desperate hmm. to try and get you interested in Shakespeare. Like, oh, look at Leonardo DiCaprio's in this one. Let's watch that. This is why I'm never having kids. That's not <laughs> why, actually, but it's another reason to add to the pile. Infertile. <laughs> yes. Um, what are we doing in this film? I'd lost my. I completely lost by this point. James James Bond went up in a helicopter. Or something. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, has he become I... Japanese yet? No, we're, we're just about to get to that bit, because okay. we've had the, the volcano stuff. I was going to ask what your next note is, because, uh, yes, we come to the... They've decided that he needs to 
take on the appearance of a Japanese fisherman to go to a yes. place. Um, and then we have a scene of him training in the um, in the ninja school. Where <laughs> ninja some... school? <laughs> I just like how they go, what's this? Oh, it's a ninja school. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know this, Calvin? Because I was actually quite surprised to learn this, but you know after he's turned Japanese? Yes. That's, sh- that's still Sean Connery. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What? It's not like they got they didn't get a Japanese actor in to play Japanese Bond. Like they they that's just maybe not. It's oh wow it's more convincing than these uh, stunt doubles. <laughs> Japanese Bond, do you think it was a mistake to call out the whole um chest hair thing earlier on in the story when you clearly couldn't be bothered to shave your chest hair for this role and as such it's on display everywhere and therefore not fooling anyone? Uh, yeah, I guess sure, yeah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I never really thought about it that much, to be honest, Lash. Can you say something in Japanese for us? Konchiwa. Is that right? Yeah. Pokemon. Pikachu. <laughs> Super Bowl, Master Ball, Hyper Potion. Abayagajimash. Yeah, so Abayagajimash is that the only Japanese words he speaks at any point, right? Well, I, I have a first in Oriental languages at Cambridge, right? But that was that was like fifty years ago. <laughs> just that was so long ago, like the accent. And that's why I like I barely I barely remembered it, and and you only lived thrice. And that's why I didn't remember it at all in uh, Tomorrow Never Days. We have a we have an assassination scene where someone tries to kill Bond mm-hmm. with a bit of string, uh, accidentally kills the woman. Mm-hmm. Bond's been really bonding with this woman. They've they've clicked really nicely. She's proven herself as a as an adept sort of spy um, sidekick, driving up at the right time, speeding off at the right time, all that stuff. And he's dare I say it, he's a little bit smitten with her. It's not just a shag. He's shagged her a few times, and then she dies. Yes, and this is the big emotional moment, isn't it, Carmen? In the sense that he gets over it in about twenty seconds. <laughs> Well, he gets over it quickly enough because the new woman that they've got for him is pretty still. So he's he's, he's all right with that now. That's it. This, this guy's biggest problem. Like, bear in mind, he's trying to save the world, right? I was just worried they were going to shit me up with a pig-faced woman again. Yeah. But <laughs> that's the point. His biggest concern is that a woman that he has to pretend to be married to for maybe 12 hours might be a bit ugly. It's embarrassing, lad. <laughs> I mean, you ever gone out with a munter? Mm. You've seen the way people look at you. I have been with my fair share of pig-faced women, all right? And I think, oh. what? And then this all kind of builds into the last half hour of the film, which is all this big climax at the volcano base. Oh, uh, yes, Lash, I love a big climax. We watched something with Miyahama in the other day. Edging, that's what you call it, where you, you hold off for like an hour, <laughs> and then the climax is twice as nice. <laughs> Uh, Calvin, we watched a film with Neil um, Hammer in the other day for the podcast. Was it uh, one of the King, King Kong, Kong films versus Godzilla? Ah, yeah. yes, very good. Yes, no, I've seen that as well. Neil Hammer, I wouldn't touch her. <laughs> well, so what I what struck me here was they run up the mountain, they get to this thing, and he goes, <clears> "Right, you get back down the mountain, love, get Tiger, and I'm gonna sort this out." And then we cut away yeah. and come back and he's got some suction cups that he's attached to his knees. Where was he hiding them? Where did he have them? A little satchel that he had squirreled away somewhere. Under the wig. 
Maybe you just found them. Yeah. Maybe a scene showing that would have been good. <laughs> I mean, actually, what I did was I fashioned them out of molten lava. <laughs> oh. I'm very handy like that, but they they cut it from the film because you know, it's a lengthy process. you got to sit there for about 20 minutes waiting for it to cool down. Um, I know I always go on about this, but that volcano set is amazing. Uh, worth the price of admission alone, I would say. It's phenomenal. Anyway, Bond is uh, rumbled. He's captured and brought before Blofeld, and we obviously see that it's uh, Donald Pleasance with a big scar. The cat is fine at this point, which, f- fortunately, they filmed the uh, sequences in order, apparently, <laughs> um, because the cat is still relatively uh, stable. Donald Pleasance is great as well. I love him in this film. Oh, is he? Yes! Yeah. It's all right. In a, in a YouTube video, I uh, I once claimed that Blofeld was amongst the most iconic cinema villains of all time, uh, and I get an awful lot of pushback for that comment. I would think even Doctor Evil is more well known than Blofeld. Yeah, because yeah. Blofeld's just ripping it off. But like, if you if you were doing a co- like Saturday Night Live sketch, right, and you wanted to do like a joke about Blofeld. What would you do? You'd you'd have someone sat in a chair with a cat. Well, they go, what? It's Marlon Brando. It's the Godfather. They wouldn't get it. Wouldn't play. Like Marlon Brando doing a Doctor Evil impression. Yeah, yeah. You do you do Doctor <laughs> Evil. They put the little finger up to the mouth and they go one million dollars, and everyone's yeah. cracking up. They laugh at it. Well, we're pretty much at the end now. Uh... Right. In that case, let's have some more of this chat log, right? Um, <sighs> Sol, amateur hour. Sol. Was, oh, was that mind. a title or that was a title? Yeah. I wasn't just saying amateur hour, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. There's already an amateur hour podcast. If it was just Alan, we could call it the old man in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you have, you've you've come up with something that might work, but you it's like you have to put codifiers on it. Like, yeah. wouldn't this be a good title if <laughs> Sol different shark? <laughs> Again, I don't know what that means. Different shark. Probably a Jaws thing, right? Different shark. It's a oh. different shark. It's a Jaws reference. Brilliant. <clears throat> See, I like that. That this was when we were trying to come up with more like outside the box, insignificant bullet kind of names rather than just like sequels. Yeah. Uh Sol. Development Hells a Poppin. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> are we still thinking of titles? I like Diminishing Returns. Yeah. <laughs> Sol, in the meantime, what would our Twitter handle be? Diminishing returns is too long. There's a 15-character limit. Alan. <laughs> Big cocks. <laughs> what? <laughs> God. <laughs> B-I-G-C-O-X. Big cocks. Hang on. <laughs> is that a reference to Tony Cox, the little dwarf actor? <laughs> what? Say it again. <laughs> Dwarf actor. Dwarf. Dwarf? Yeah, dwarf. Say dwarf. Dwarf. See, you can do it, so why do you always say dwarf? I don't know what you're about. (laughs) Right, Alan says big cocks, okay? (laughs) I do often, yeah. Sol, dim returns is taken. Sol, (laughs) fat dicks. (laughs) Where? Did I miss the beginning of this? Why why, Why are cocks involved? Because you just replied, <laughs> big cocks. Maybe I was replying to the wrong message. <laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> so I put fat dicks, F-A-T-D-I-X. Uh, then Alan put dim ret pod. <laughs> so, dim rec pod? Dim ret pod. Oh. We're trying to come up with a Twitter handle for our oh, account. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Dim rep pod, yeah, because it was a nice sort of... Yeah, boom, yeah, boom, dim rep pod. Sol, dick pod. <laughs> <laughs> Sol, poodcast. <laughs> like, like, you've done a poo. <laughs> Alan, keep it short. Okay, uh... That's it for the uh, the old chat logs there. Done and dusted. That's <laughs> well, how we arrived at the name Diminishing Returns, and that's a fascinating insight into how we work behind the scenes. <laughs> huh. Well, well that was it? a thorough review of You Only Live Twice. <clears throat> oh, is that uh, it? Is it ended? They end up in a rough oh, well, life raft. Oh, yeah, and then he bangs yes. her, and that's it. Okay. Whew. Not enough... Uh, quips, not enough stupid innuendos, not enough snappy lines after murdering someone. But they make up for that in the beautiful cinematography, the luscious sets, the locations are all really lovely. It's, it's okay. I mean, I, I've seen much better cinematography from the 60s. From earlier than well, this, to be honest. But I'm not saying it's the best ever, but it, it's pretty. It's one of the prettier looking Bond films, that's for sure. Well, should we... Um... Re-review. Uh, give a, give a little rating out of 10. Japanese Bond, if you just like to pop these headphones on so you can't hear this, so we give our unbiased uh, feedback <laughs> on the film. Or yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do that. What about Cubby and um, Harry? Do they need to wear some kind of earmuff as well? Well, they were in the other room, but they've actually vanished, and I think what's happened is Cubby Broccoli is canonically a ghost at this point, and I think he haunted us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, We have contacted him on a ghost phone, I believe. Uh, well, I'll go first, because I'm undoubtedly going to be the more positive. Undoubtedly. I don't like putting num- putting number ratings on Bond films, really, because I-, I think my opinion will sort of fluctuate, and I-, I do think of Bond films as being separate from the rest of cinema in terms of things that I like. Do you want to know Do you want to know where we came down on this one last time round? Oh, that'd be perfect, yeah. I have a feeling that I'm going to have given it a- an eight. Episode 61 was You Only Live Twice. Almost 200 episodes ago. That's crazy. Alright, so Alan, you gave it a 5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Calvin, mm-hmm. you are correct. You gave it an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And I gave it a 6 out of 10. Oh, I see. This must be one of the more positively reviewed Bond <laughs> films, then. I think it is, yeah. Um, I'm going to look up our Bond rankings, which we do have on the website, actually. See how it compares to the other ones we've done so far. Well, while you're doing that, I'll just round out my feelings on it, because I'm going to be giving it the same rating again, 8. I think it's a a great bit of fun. It's my second favourite Connery Bond after Goldfinger. It's so much uh, just fun. I I just really enjoy it, and particularly in this day and age where travelling is so restricted and whatnot, I really just enjoy getting lost in some of the more travel log stuff um, of Bond films like this. So, uh, yeah, I I always have a great time with it. I mean, I, I was enjoying it for the first 20 minutes, and then it's just uh, you get bored. It doesn't go anywhere. It's not interesting. Um, I, I wasn't significantly moved enough to change the five, so I'll stick with that. Hmm. Well, 
rewatching it made me realize that I'd been overly positive the first time round. So I bumping I'm bumping it down to a five out of ten. I I do agree that the travel log kind of element is quite nice at the minute. It was nice being like, oh, another country. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we haven't mentioned the music as well. I I think while the score is very oh, yes. overbearing in this film, it's quite nice, and the the main theme is one of the one of the most iconic James Bond themes, and I guess one of the better ones. But yeah, I'm bumping my score down to a five out of ten, which means this goes from being our joint sixth favorite James Bond film of all time to our joint ninth favorite James Bond film of all time. That's so unfair. It's now paired up with a view to a kill. Oh. And that means that we prefer Tomorrow Never Dies, License to Kill, Octopussy, Moonraker, Live and Let Die, Doctor No, Goldeneye, and Goldfinger. Hmm. So I think it really is because of uh, Japanese Bond here that the, the patrons wanted us to look at this one again. My ears are burning, lads. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you left the headphones too close to the sake. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Our paraffin uh, filter right. has burned them. <laughs> well, Japanese Bond, if you want to, you want to take those off. Of course, you're not chucking your rating into the mix because you were involved in the film, and that would that would just be be like when Thomas Turgus and Andrew Ellis came on our This Is England episode. We didn't let them rate the film. You know, you want <laughs> unbiased opinions. All right. Uh, <laughs> so thanks, thanks so much for joining us uh, on this week's episode. Uh, thanks so much to French Bond. <clears throat> Count Dracula Bond, Duck on the Head James Bond, <laughs> Calvin Bond, Alan Bond. We should have brought gratuitously mentions the Diminishing Returns website in to do all this Patreon <laughs> stuff, really, shouldn't we? Uh, thanks to Japanese.Brown, Blofeld's Cat, <laughs> Definitely Not Racist Liam Neeson, Cubby Broccoli, and Harry Henry. Saltzman, Werner Herzog, and of course, uh, you, Japanese Bond. Oh yeah, that's fine, lads. Anytime. And, uh, I just want to say thanks to William Fletcher and sure not appearing in this film. That's a, I think that's a code name. If ever if ever I've seen one, that's more of a blatant code name than James Bond even. Yeah, William <laughs> Fletcher. It's not very convincing. Is it? <laughs> uh, uh, thanks to them. Yeah, why? Well, they're both uh, they're both new Patreon subscribers. They joined just before the price hike, so Great. they're going to be shit out of luck now. Last name here, hot off the presses. This Patreon right. subscriber, this lad. Andy. Andy? Is that it? Andy. That's a very mysterious name. He's, uh, he's got all the toys, Jenny. Put his name on the foot. No, I know why he's uh, not putting his surname. It's because it's Prince Andrew, isn't it? It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Royals are hot right now, Alan. Our latest so fan. That, that, yeah, <laughs> that's good. We're, we're in with the Royals at the peak of their popularity. <laughs> the best one, Prince Andrew, isn't he? He's the one everyone loves. <laughs> Oh yeah. well, that's good. Thank you, Andy. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sorry that Alan's just likened you to a paedophile on, <laughs> after giving us money as well. I'm sorry, Andy. We 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 know you're we know you're a good guy. It's it's cool. It's all well, we in don't good, know that. good humor. Well, well, all right. He is a good guy. He's given us money. <laughs> if you are if you if you are already on the Patreon, um, we'll be in touch with uh, something about what to do because <laughs> I guess. Do they get wiped out or do they just get moved? I have on no idea how it, it works. I, I think 
I think it's very possible that the the tier and the subscription will continue as is, and they'll have to kind of up it if they want to get diminisodes and stuff. But we'll have to see. But you know, you you are getting a grace period here. This episode's going out before we make these changes. So if you want right now, you can subscribe to our Patreon for one dollar and download all of the diminisodes, mm. <laughs> all eighty plus diminisodes, and keep them bonus uh, to episodes on things then, like Tenet. Uh, so if you want to do that, that's fine. But if you want to, you know, continue getting the new stuff and and supporting, then good in it. We we've had a lot to take in this week. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Memories. revelations. <laughs> a lot of characters, quirky characters. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So let's let's clarify, Sol, what what exactly is going on in terms of okay. the future. Okay. Yeah, let, let's just let's just lay it all out. Get it as uh, as straightforward and concise as we can. We we won't employ any comedy com- comedy characters to help because that'll just yeah. confuse things further. <laughs> um, we're going we're going fortnightly, mm. so one episode every other week instead of every week. And if that's not enough for you, well, we make loads of diminisodes over on Patreon, our our, our Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash dim returns. Uh, new Patreon tiers are tier one. That is the the tier that currently exists. That's the Japanese Bond, uh, Japanese Bonds Otaku Collective tier. Uh, that is one pound a month. That will give you access to our listener polls to vote in upcoming episodes that we do. That will give you access to our exclusive back catalogue early episodes that we are taking away from the public just because yes. of like sound quality and stuff not being great. Just for the fans. Yeah, if you don't want to sign up for, for Patreon, uh, I'd recommend going and saving the, the old Harry Potter episode, which is probably going to go behind the uh, Patreon wall because uh, that, that was a good one. But yeah, so that's for a pound. But the most important thing you get for that is the warm sense of satisfaction that you're helping us out, supporting yeah. our project the that we've on. been doing for five years. <laughs> yes, and helping pay for our website hosting yeah, costs yeah. and the SoundCloud account and all that sort of thing. And that gives you access to other little bonuses and things that we throw up on there. You know, for example, we our first live episode we did, we we made that exclusive to anyone on the Patreon. Uh, tier 2, this is where the fun really happens. Werner Herzog's uh, film masterclass, whatever we're going to call that tier, I don't know. <laughs> Werner Herzog tier. Um, £3 a month for that one. And that is everything... Uh, that we've mentioned, including Diminisodes, they are going to be on the off weeks in between our main episodes going out. So mm. every other week, you will get... At minimum, every other week, there will yeah. be odd times where we'll throw up extra stuff just because if we're reviewing a new release or something like that, we want to get that out kind of as soon as possible. So we're not going to hold it back for two weeks um, while we're waiting for the next slot. I've just realised, Alan, we should have got movie recap Ricky Gervaisin to do this recap at the end of the episode. <laughs> no, remember we were trying to make this simple and concise. <laughs> yeah, basically that's where you get bonus episodes, diminisodes, bonus content. And uh, Discord. You know, part of the benefit of this is we are not only putting more time and effort into our, our main show, but we're putting more time and effort into the Diminisodes as well. Um, we've got some really good ones in the can that are coming out soon, and we're kind of making an effort to treat them like any other episode. The last few we've recorded have ended up being long enough to be real episodes anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know. And we will, of course, be reviewing new releases and things on there moving forward, as we always have done. So, yeah, that's a that's a really good tier. Check that shit out. 
And the new exclusive perk on there is our Discord server we're starting if you want to come chat with us, discuss movie shit with us, all that kind of stuff. Movies. Send minions memes to us. Um, I, I think it's actually going to be really good, that Discord. I think it's going to be really good fun. And then if you if you really want to, you know, show your support and, and help us out, then you've got the, the big primo fancy snazzy tier. Only for fancy people. Yeah. Cobbyard Broccoli's Finer Things Club, where you get access to everything and you get a t-shirt. And we're talking about doing some uh, pretty, pretty cool stuff on there as well. You know, I, I was chatting with Alan about potentially running a, a raffle to uh, take part in a Diminisode for, for the people on that tier, things like that. I don't, we've not yeah. worked out the details on anything, so don't hold us to it. But I think it'll be more than just a t-shirt at that tier. If you're supporting us at that level, we want to throw some bonus mm. stuff at you because... Um... Obviously, that's it's only going to be the uh, the very fancy people yeah. who, who can do. That. And on that note, you will be an official executive producer of Diminishing Returns, and you yeah. know we'll we'll give you a credit in each episode. Yep. During your tenure in that Finer Things Club, so there you go. It's good. Got loads of good stuff coming up. As Alan says, quality, not quantity. <laughs> Sparing doses of the old the old gang. They'll still be here, but. Uh, you know, you'll really appreciate it when Gareth turns up. It won't be like, oh, another Gareth episode. You'll be like, oh yeah, Gareth. Not heard from him in a while. Yeah. <laughs> they just throw everybody under the bus. <laughs> yeah, give give us give, give us your fucking money. <laughs> but not for charity, just for us. When you're doing your taxes. Um, don't pay as much as you should and then put some money aside to send to us. <laughs> Fiddle your taxes and send Look, it if, to us. If you're American, your tax system's a nightmare. It's unbelievably complicated. I I, I had to fill out some American tax forms recently because of um, getting paid from an American company and everything, and it was just... What the... F- so anyway, like no one's going to know if you put the wrong yeah. number down. It's too complicated. They don't even know what they're doing. Just put, like... We, we could bring in a new comedy character, Alan, the IRS taxman. <laughs> oh, hello. Well, I work for the tax board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, uh, what's this five a month here? I'll tell you what it is, Mr. Taxman. Research. Write Research. it off. Yes. And if you're unemployed, then, you know... You haven't got any money anyway, so five quid a month, give it to us. Doesn't make any difference, does it? Stop stop drinking so much and <laughs> put some of that money aside. I mean, what three pounds a month? I mean, how much how much heroin can you get for Oh that yeah, sorry, three pounds. Days? Let's say five pounds. Three pounds a month. It's not even five pounds. <laughs> not I'm talking about like... five pounds a month would be nothing. That's how ridiculous this is. And this is three pounds a month. You know how many five pounds a month you could get? How many three pounds a month you can get for five pounds a month? I do. 1.67. <laughs> exactly. Right. But anyway, if you just want to carry on listening to the show, that's fine. We do appreciate the listens as well. Thanks for listening, and uh, Thank you. come back next week. Uh, thanks, Japanese Bond. Yeah. Alright, Lash. Anything else? No, we, we've burned ourselves out. Talking about James Bond again. Mm. Yay. You know who didn't turn up? Classic comedy character, annoying millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Remember him? 
I think he was I think he was from our Zombieland episode. <laughs> Although actually he would have been an organic fit. Uh, I guess he's in a he's he does like things to be organic. I think he was replaced by definitely not racist Liam Neeson. I think yeah, he was the happened. voice of the woke generation. Yeah, yeah. Because Liam Neeson. Who else hasn't turned up? The Office Joker. <laughs> oh dear. Wandy oh. Newman. Uh, of course, yeah. That He's is a big oversight, actually. Do the Do you only live twice? Maybe he can sing us out. Ooh, ooh, millennial. Some people say I'm Wendy. Some people say I'm old. Millennial. You only live dun, twice. Dun, dun, dun. We'll never review it. You again, only probably. live twice. <laughs> Not more than twice. My name is Wendy. Copy's doing Andrew Dice. <laughs> We're going around to 50 episodes. And around. Stay away from me. Alright. Thanks, guys. I think that's, you know, the most appropriate ending that we could have. Here's to the next 250. Let's give it that, that was great. See how, <laughs> <laughs> so see how we feel in another year. I must say I'm 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 pleased to see that uh, when we when we've done all the uh, remaining Bond films, there's only like four left, aren't there? When we've done them all, we can just start again. <laughs> <It doesn't matter. laughs> oh yes, maybe. Let's actually do that. I will say I didn't start making the rewatch a uh, a hard and fast rule until like four or five Bond films in. So those first few will be quite different if we go back to them. Because I'll be refreshed. Right. Mm.